Yarding is, a, is an acronym. I retrofit it. Um, I wanted to have something that sounded like a good acronym. It actually stands for Yelling at Racist Dogs. And I know that some people in Perth are familiar with it because there's been a bit of yarding that's taken place at least a little bit um, in Perth in the past, which is nice. So we've got a few yardies over there. But um, yarding started in late 2017. Um, Organised racism had started to change from the whole Reclaim Australia flag capes at rallies kind of presentation, and it had started to to change in its presentation to being kind of like, um, uh, you know, people as punters paying for VIP tickets to go and see these sort of rock star races figures like Milo Yiannopoulos or Lawrence Southern or what have you. That was the change that we saw there. And and, 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 and Sean Bedlam and myself who co-founded Yard, we started thinking about what that would mean for the dynamics changing. And, they got, you know, a lot, a lot of what counts for the far right use as, a, as an organising sentiment, this kind of anti-elitism kind of stuff. But it's hard to look like you're anti-elitist when you've just paid a thousand dollars for to go and eat shops with Lauren Southern, you know. So we wanted to capitalise on that. And it's very easy to do that when you're out in the cold, out the front, hurling dumb abuse at the people queuing up with their VIP tickets on the lane side. It's a dynamic that we loved. We were the anti-elitists, you know what I mean? And we, we wanted to jump on that. And that's kind of where Yard started. It started out of those kinds of events, capitalising off of that dynamic, you know? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, when it when it happened, it sort of it was one of those things. that's like, well, something that probably people have been doing for a while, but to actually give it give it a name and give it a voice, I think is really important. Particularly in this sort of this culture of people not so sure as to how they should, uh, you know, confront fascism or whether they should confront it at all. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, arguments over probably at least the last decade where uh, a lot of these far right, uh, well, let's just say, dickheads have uh, reared their head. Again, and you know, there's been some on the left that say, "Oh, we should just ignore them." Others that say, "Well, we should just politely, uh, you know, bear witness and that and that kind of thing." Uh, did you sort of see it as a as a bit of a divergence from some of the more liberal approaches to to dealing with fascism, and a bit of a you know a bit more of a militant, uh, I guess, uh, attempt to uh, to counter or even deplatform some of these fascists? I did. I saw it as an anti-intellectual response almost. I mean, it's very much about making a group of people, making people on board with us, or people not even yet on board with us, making it very easily accessible and something that people can have a laugh about because the end product of yarding is invariably funny videos in which the object of the derision is these rock star racists. And, you know, that's usually the product that people are seeing online that, first of all, lets them know what yarding is. But it's definitely, you know, it's the act of standing outside and watching people who are rock star racists get undermined by people. See, it's not just yelling anything. And it's not a yelling, you know, I, 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 like I... I we have to explain this to people invariably. I've talked about this in interviews in the past, but this obviously, I mean, the politics, the latent politics behind Yard exist in the things that, of course, we wouldn't say to these people. And, in our, you know, we're not going to hurl any old kind of abuse at people. We're not going to hurl racist or, um, you know, homophobic abuse at these people. That's not what we do. The politics lie in the selection of who it is that we're yelling at and, and, and what we're going to be saying to them. But usually what we do is we deal with a very specific 
type of, uh, I guess, recruiter or, or notable presence of alt-right person. This is, yeah, our greatest successes have been in dealing with alt-right grifters like video makers who rely on this whole let's get into rallies and let's trigger the left. Let's walk into rallies and exploit uh, the weaknesses of the, the organised left. Well, we'll be there, and we've developed these approaches over time, we'll be there to undermine that person in a way that is ostensibly on non-violent. It doesn't have to be, you know, but we will humiliate that person until suddenly filming a video inside the rally for them doesn't seem like a very good idea anymore because the only footage that they're getting recorded is footage in which they're being made to look like an idiot or footage in which things are being said to them that they definitely don't want to put in a video. So we've perfected that technique since like 2017. And now we just put it to use whenever these people appear. I mean, organised racism's changed again. You know, there's not in rallies or what have you at the moment. But when they do pop up, you can best bet that people like Yard, I mean, if we appear, our subsection of people, our little tight little group, we know how to deal with yeah, certainly. Now, talking about, uh, I, I guess, wannabe sort of uh, far-right video bloggers or, you know, wannabe uh, far-right celebrities, uh, Avi yeah. Yamini uh, made a bit of an appearance at the student strike on uh, or the, the student for strike for climate uh, demonstration. And I believe he got a bit of a, a bit of a yard when he, when he turned up. He did. Can I just say, Avi Yamini's my, he's probably my favourite yarding recipient. But he is so sensitive to the tactics of yarning. For someone who's remarkably good at self-promotion and who is like uncannily, for someone who's not very smart, he's uncannily good at whipping up a very large audience. And this is his paid work now, you know? It's important to remember he's probably the only one out of this sort of generation of alt-right grifter video maker times from a couple of years ago who's not only still doing it, but he's doing it for money because he's paid for by Rebel Media. But for all that, whenever he's had an interaction with Yard, he has come off looking second best. For the very first time, I mean, it was one of our first Yarding exploits. When we came out, he was countering, this is early 2018, he was countering a, 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 a Palestinian protest in the city. Um, and we were across the road just hurling the dumbest of abuse about his height at him, which, you know, I'm told is ableist. Um, but the whole point of it is that it's fucking dumb and it's not what he wants to talk about. It's stupid childhood abuse, sorry, schoolyard abuse about a silly subject towards someone who would really rather that we chanted him like, you know, sort of older, less presentations that we chanted him that he's a Nazi. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to yell at you about how you're tiny. And I'm going to interrupt your speech and I'm going to make life pretty hard for you. So he's always come up whenever he's found yard in front of it. He's always come up second best. And he's always live streaming, so you can always see how much of an effect it has on him. And I love seeing his little face <laughs> get sidelined and upset because suddenly you've got this group of people being really fucking dumb and childish towards him across the road or what have you. But yeah, he was there on the weekend. He was there. He went to the school strike for climate, which they say had over 100,000. I would say had closer to 200,000. But we know what he does. He goes along and he talks to people, invariably children. It's not the first time he's done this. 
who go along and he'll film them, and he's just trying to humiliate people. Like, he gets three or four stupid talking points. The whole, you know, is your iPhone solar-powered? Or did you drive here? This kind of rubbish, you know. That's the, he doesn't have to be, doesn't have to think about what he's saying. He just says that kind of stuff to people. And if they stumble in their response, then he looks amazing and he gets paid by Rebel Media for that. That may seem really clever, but it's also remarkably easy to interrupt that if you have the skill set that yard people have. And we do. We've perfected this over time. So yard people were looking around for him. I was looking around for him, and I would have loved to have bumped into him. But there were so many people in this rally that I was 45 minutes away, and I was just a block away, you know. But I didn't need to be there. The two guys who were there did a bang-up job. And all they did, as I said before, is they talked to him about things that he doesn't want in his videos, like his convictions in the past for domestic violence against his ex-partner. Um, they just kept asking him about it. And he got very, very angry and upset. And simply for... They, they, they were following him around and continued to ask him these questions. He got so hysterically upset that he went to the police and he demanded... They didn't do it, but he demanded that they... that the police charged them for stalking and harassment for doing the same kind of thing that he's built a career out of. And it was hilarious. I mean, just watching him fall to bits was amazing. That is absolutely brilliant. Now, I guess, you know, yarding doesn't come out of uh, nowhere, of course. There's a long, proud history of anti-fascists sort of deplatforming people in different ways. And, you know, of course, yeah. you can look to the, the squads in the UK or Searchlight in the UK or, you know, many, many examples going back a long, long time. And and I, I guess, yeah. you know, in, in Australia, people sort of often forget that, that there is this real history while sort of anti-fire is a bit of a buzzword thrown around by corporate media. There is a long, proud history of anti-fascist organizing i mean is that something that you're 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 conscious of and i guess you know in the in the context also want to we'll talk to a bit about this later you're doing a, a fringe show and you're taking yard to an entirely different sort of environment off the streets and into the the cafes of of, of melbourne but is this something that you're, yeah. you're conscious of and what you're doing is that the you know you're carrying on this this tradition that isn't just a sort of a random thing it's an actual you know it is an ideological uh, tradition that 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 is worth maintaining, obviously, while we have these these threats of the far right. And I was just reading before there that you know while here in Australia maybe they're a little quiet. You know, in, in Germany the AFD picked up quite a few seats in the state elections, and we still have this ever, yeah. you know, this ever uh, pertinent sort of threat from the far right. But you know, is this something that you're you're conscious of and, and aware of? I totally am. I'm a fan of anti-fascist history. I'm, I, I try to read about it and learn it and study it. I view it as a collection of tactics and responses. I view it as a broader church than most people might. I'm always thinking about how can I make whatever I'm doing and be as fun and participatory and as broad a church as possible. I think quite a few different kinds of people can be anti-fascist. I wish that through, you know, maybe rejuvenating certain tactics or always being situational, always thinking about what the best tactic to deal with this new wave of upright stirrers or fascists or what have you, I always try to think what can get the most amount of people participating in this. That's the sort of the the, the, the the idea in which, you know, Yard itself came about. You know, it was a desire for me. You know, early in two thousand and seventeen I was doing what worked 
for the time as well, because I was doing a fake patriot group called the Million Fake Patriots. But as I said at the start of this interview, I mean, organisations were changing. You know, and Million Flag Patriots was great and undermined them. And we got on Media Watch because we tricked the whole media. And you know what I mean? We'd stolen airtime from, from, from fascists on the TV um, and, and we'd really angered them and that. But it had changed. They had changed what they were doing. So as much as I had, you know, a really dedicated fan base for MFP, that wasn't a problem for me. I stopped it and we started Yard because it made sense to change the tactics. And that's, again, that's why anti-fascism is. It's all about tactics. You have to be a student of the history of anti-fascism to really understand that, you know? But once you understand that good anti-fascism changes tactics and goes whenever fascism or racism itself, organised racism itself changes, then, yeah, you can be ready to do that, to ditch something because it's not working anymore and to go with the latest ideas. You know, I mean that this is that's the crucible in which in which Yarn was cooked up, and what we learned to do over time was to develop a series of tricks or tactics to deal with alt-right video-making grifters and those kinds of presentations of racists, whether they be in big rally sort of things or in the queue for a Maoriinopolis event or whether it be a Neil Erickson or Arby Yemeni-style grifter, you know? Anyone can do these things, you know? Figure out beforehand what it is that they definitely don't want to put in their own videos. Figure it out and go up to them on video and calmly, if it's just one-on-one, talk to them about that. You'll find invariably that they'll go into an absolute meltdown. I try to shake their hands because they always get really, really shook about it because they have to get this enmity kind of thing going. You know, I, I, it's a bit amazing. When I, I patted Neil Erickson on the shoulder at a rally once in a series of videos that the thing that I was saying to him were too sensitive for me to even release. But we did. We actually got him to eject himself from a rally once. Um, but I remember at the start of it going up to pat him on the shoulder and he thought, it went hysterical. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. And it's really, really funny when you can start mm-hmm. occupying that part of the power dynamic where they look silly. You know? it, it's brilliant. They're very, very easily triggered, aren't they? The uh the old alt-right, far-right types for all their, uh, you know, calling us a bunch of snowflakes, snowflakes and so forth. Very, very easily uh, triggered a bunch of fragile, uh, you know, white men mostly. But uh, just, totally. just just finally, Tom, before I let you go, I'm not going to ask, the, you know, what can people expect if they happen to get over to Melbourne to see a Fringe show because, you know, who knows who's actually going to get over there and who knows whether you're going to come over here to play our Fringe shows. But just, uh, I guess, looking at, you know, taking something like Yarding to, you know, the sort of a festival environment to a cafe, what what are your I guess your feelings and thoughts on that? Is it uh, just an entirely separate entity? Is it you know more just becomes just a comedy show, or is there still an element of uh, of activism in it, and still an element of uh, you know I guess challenging people within within that uh, performance? Well, I would describe the the yard uh, fringe festival show, which is called Just as Bad. I would describe it as loosely, I guess, political theatery comedy. Um, and we, you know, we never abandoned the narrative of what yelling at racist dogs is and has been as a group. In fact, it's really a story, like without going into too many details, it's really a story about, um, you know, what happens to a, a direct action-ish sort of yelling strike force like yelling at racist dogs 
when there aren't too many street-level organised races to actually yell at. You know, I mean, we ask those questions. Do you become like a dog chasing its own tail? What do you do in the absence of that? What do you do while you're sort of, you know, waiting for 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 for, for the next presentation of, of, of assholes? You know what I mean? Which <laughs> you get together. Now, of course, we come up with some pretty bizarre answers to that during the show as well as you know, having a little laughs along the way. But the truth is the show itself is one of the things that you can do. Because we need to be able to provide spaces for anti-fascists to get together and to have a laugh during those times. You know, one thing I've always hated about anti-fascism, actually, one of the few things, is that apart from some occasional post-punk or DIY kind of shows, you know, which you might see a few people pop up, or a bunch of other, you know, miserable rallies in which you're all standing around like on edge looking for fascists, how do, when do people get get along and get together and have a laugh, you know? What we wanted to do, what I was really, really, um, you know, hoping to do was to create a fun environment in which I could meet a bunch of other anti-fascists, have a beer with them afterwards, have a laugh and get people together in a fun and productive space. That's actually really what's happened. I've met so many people. And again, as I say, rallies are horrible. You know, when you, no one's pretending it's fun. Like when you're out and about and you're looking for fancy or trying to disrupt some genuine political effort or what have you, it's not like having the time of your life, you know. But, you, you know, we, we've been able to get people together and that's been amazing. And hey, look, here's the fact of it whether or not we're able, I'm really hoping we can get over to Perth. I'm hoping we can do fringe festivals in other, in other spaces. But, Right now, I've got two shows to go, and what I can say is that they've gone off without a hitch. Everyone's had an amazing time, and we have been able... I don't know if we're the first or among the first to have done it. There's an actual direct action anti-fascist group that has made a live stage show. I keep asking people, what no one can really tell me if this has happened much anywhere in the world. So if any of your listeners do know, please, if they could tell you, I want to know if we're the first on my podcast. Not just anti-fascist entertainers, but an actual anti-fascist group doing a show. But anyway, look, I mean, what I know, four shows deep in the middle, without a hitch and without any fascists having responded to it, is that this is something that people are looking for. 